Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. We are concluding a series together tonight that we've been calling Creature Comfort. Somebody say Creature Comfort. And uh, we've been talking about the seven deadly sins, the seven deadly sins. Um, if you have a Bible tonight, you can open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And um, we're concluding this series, Creature Comfort, and kind of the idea of Creature Comfort are sort of um, external um, things that we use to sort of cover up or mask things that are going on deep down. And uh, so we're trying to figure out what are these root issues that lead us to sort of some of the surface sort of struggles and sins that we deal with. Now, the seven deadly sins are not from a specific passage of scripture. It's an accumulated idea from early church fathers as root sins. They sort of said these are, when it comes down to it, this is what people are struggling with. And they sort of reveal themselves in all sorts of different ways. But these are sort of the deep down issues that we kind of struggle with. Um, meaning that these are the sins that lead to all types of other sins. And the seven de- deadly sins are pride, greed, lust, envy, wrath, laziness, and gluttony. And tonight we're going to conclude this series by talking about gluttony. Um, has anybody heard that word before, gluttony? Okay, cool. Some of us. Um, We'll talk about what it means. It's probably good that you haven't um, heard it because I think when we talk about an idea of gluttony, we can have sort of an expectation or a thought of what we're going to talk about. And I hope tonight that we can make it clear. Now, gluttony is uh, a desire for more entertainment or indulgence. That's kind of how we're defining it. More entertainment or indulgence. Lust is more pleasure. Envy is more of theirs. Gluttony, I already said that one. Wrath is more emotions. Greed is more stuff. Um, Pride is more self. And then laziness is more comfort or convenience. So tonight we're going to talk about gluttony, a desire for more entertainment or indulgence. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're just going to read one and a half verses which is, are you allowed to do that? I'm doing it. Um, one and a half verses, because he kind of trails off into a new thought halfway through. But it says this, um, all things are lawful for me. Somebody say, all things. Um, but all things are not helpful. Somebody say, not helpful. <laughs> all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach And the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not, I will not be brought under the power of any foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Let's talk about gluttony. All right, a few stats as we get going. You guys ready for some statistics? All right, first thing, nearly one in three adult Americans are overweight, about 40% of adults. Um, About 36% of adults eat fast food every day. Um, The average person spends about three and a half hours a day on Netflix. Every day, listen to this, every day people collectively watch about a billion hours of YouTube. I think a billion, I I didn't do the math, 
maybe somebody that's good, but I think a billion hours is like longer than humans have been on the earth. I don't know, but maybe. I'm just throwing that out there. Somebody can fact check for me. Um, on average, Gen Z, your generation, spends about seven and a half hours a day on a screen. So half of your, more than half of your time awake um, is spent looking at a screen, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and things like that. All of that to say, um, we are a people that love to indulge and be entertained. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. You, you, sort of, we, you can do quick Google searches. You find statistics that are like overwhelming when it comes. Because these are sort of the topics that people like to talk about. Um, and then it's interesting how you combine these statistics with the increase in anxiety and suicide and mental health and things like that. It's fascinating, the connection between these things. The overindulging, the excess entertainment, and the lack of purpose, the lack of satisfaction, the lack of, uh, of contentment. All of that to say, we are good at indulging. In fact, um, most of us probably don't even think anything of the time we spend on social media or how much we eat or our mindset when we're watching Netflix and how that impacts our discipleship to Jesus. Most of us, don't; those lines don't even cross. I think part of it is we're really good at compartmentalizing our life. So we have our church life, we have our social media life, we have what we watch on Netflix with our parents, we have what we watch on Netflix without our parents, we have like, you know, our different sort of lives and we don't recognize how all of these things integrate into how we think, how we behave, and how we view God. And gluttony is something that can do damage to ourself and what God wants to do in and through our lives. So... What is gluttony? Well, for one, um, it's not Satan's favorite sin. You might have heard that online recently. But gluttony can be defined as this, excessive consumption. Excessive consumption. It's the constant need to be entertained or to feed whatever appetite you're craving in that moment. I'm going to say that again. It is the constant need to be entertained or to feed whatever appetite you are craving in that moment. I think a good way for us to look at gluttony is by looking at what it's not. Okay, we're going to talk about gluttony and we're going to talk about what it's not. We're going to use the text that we just uh, looked at. The first thing, you could write this down, all things are lawful. That's what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, all things are lawful. Food is not a sin. In fact, Jesus ate and drank a lot on his time on earth. So much so that people accuse Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard. Now, obviously he wasn't. He wasn't a glutton or a drunkard. But Jesus ate and drank. In fact, uh, I've said this before, but in the Gospel of Luke... Luke's gospel, which is the third synoptic gospel, um, Jesus is either, one theologian says it like this, Jesus is either going to eat, eating, or having just left eating in in Luke's gospel. So he's either on his way to eat, he's eating, or he just got done eating in Luke's gospel. 
So Jesus ate and drank a lot. So eating food is not a sin. Um, Being overweight or out of shape isn't a sin. Um, You could probably even argue that eating a lot isn't a sin. You could probably make that argument. In fact, the Bible doesn't say anywhere that gluttony is a sin. Since we're talking about the seven deadly sins, the Bible doesn't say anywhere that gluttony is a sin. It says you're foolish if you're gluttonous, but nowhere in the Bible does it say gluttony is a sin. Well, again, remember we're talking about their their root issues. And we mentioned last week that wrath, gluttony, and laziness are not a sin in and of themselves. Okay? Pride, greed, Envy, lust, all of those are sins within. <laughs> but, but gluttony or, or laziness or, or wrath, it's not a sin in and of itself. The problem is what it then leads to. So you could argue that eating a lot isn't a sin. Watching Netflix isn't a sin. Being on social media is not a sin. All of those things are neutral. All of those things are, they're, 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 they're nothing, they just, they, they can't give life or take away life. They just exist. So Paul says all things are lawful, meaning it's allowed, it isn't bad. And so when we're talking about gluttony, and I think some of us were like, I was talking with Michael who does our sound here, and he's like, oh man, I just ate three corn dogs before uh, your sermon. He's like, and I'm like, you're good, that's not gluttony. Right? Like, it, I mean, it could be. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But, like, I think sometimes we say something like this, and you're like, oh, my gosh, no more fast food. Oh, my gosh, no more Netflix. Oh, my gosh, no more. No, 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 that's not the point. It says, that actually, it isn't sinful. But notice the second phrase that the Apostle Paul says. He says, all things are lawful. But number two, you can write this down. Not all things are helpful. So he makes a distinction. Okay, it's okay. You can put it like this. It may not be bad, but it definitely isn't good. Again, it's, it's one of those neutral ideas. All things are lawful. Sure, technically, yeah. Watch eight hours a day of Netflix. <laughs> See what happens to you, right? Like, not all things are, or all things are lawful. Not all things are helpful. So technically, it's not a sin, but is it, is it helpful? And I think this is a good filter that we should look at the, our, uh, some of the things in our life through. Is this helpful? Well, helpful for what? Is it helpful in your growth, in your knowledge of God and relationship with him? Is it helpful to your obedience to God's word? Is it helpful to love God and love others? Is it helpful to be a witness of Jesus to the world? These are some of the things that we should ask ourselves. Are these, are my practices, are my behaviors, are my habits, are my routines, is it helpful for me in my relationship with God, in my relationship with others, in my witness to the world, and things like that? It's a good question that we should ask. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. And then the third thing is some things are sinful. Now, I say some things because I think it's important that we make a distinction that the Bible is not just this list of don't do this. In fact, the Bible is mostly about calling us into something better. So the Bible gives us lots of warnings. In fact, the Proverbs gives lots of warnings about laziness and gluttony. It talks about it. It doesn't say it's a sin. It just says you're foolish. Right? It says you, 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 you're 
you're kind of dumb is kind of the point in, in Proverbs. So it gives lots of warnings, but a lot of the scripture is called to, to encourage us up to do what God wants us to do. And so some things are sinful, and we're going to talk about this more in a second, but the distinction between lawful, helpful, and sinful is our motivation and our action when it comes to particular things. So what does gluttony or excessive consumption look like in our life? Because, again, I'm saying I started out with scary statistics, like people spend almost eight hours a day on their phone. Then I said social media isn't a sin. So where do we find ourselves in this sort of like this mixture of things? Well, you can write this down. This is a, a big point I want to talk about. This is the warning. When it becomes a sin and dangerous is when we become or when we're brought under the power of something. That's what Paul says. He says, all things are lawful. Not all things are helpful. All things are lawful. He says, but I will not be brought under the power of any. This is the key. That's what Paul's warning against in this text. And it's the dividing line for lawful and sinful. It's when you become under the control of something you should have control over. So food, social media, sports, amusement parks, or whatever it is, it's not sinful. Having fun isn't a sin. <laughs> I think that's the point. Like We, we need to like... Oh, man, that means we can't go out to, like, our favorite restaurant and order our favorite meal and just, like, enjoy it? Oh, that's bad. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's like, man, I need food. I have three corn dogs. Is that bad? No. Eat your three corn dogs. Sorry, Michael, I love you. You just told me I had to share. Um, but when things begin to control your life, it can become sin and lead to more sin. There are some things I think that we tend to think of as sin, but aren't sin. Like temptation isn't a sin. Like to be tempted isn't a sin. To have a desire like, I, I want to do this. I know it's bad, but I have this desire to do this thing. It's not a sin. Temptation becomes a sin when we act upon it. When the desire leads us to action, that's sinful. But having temptation, having struggle, having, having the fight within you doesn't mean you're sinning. It means you're alive. In fact, I would say you're probably being a good Christian if you're struggling. If you're going like, I don't want to. I don't want to give in. I, I don't want. And I'm, you're facing that internal dialogue. That doesn't mean you fail. That means you're right in the thick of the battle. And it's important that you recognize temptation isn't a sin. Anger isn't a sin. Seeing an attractive person isn't a sin. Or even being attracted to a person isn't a sin. We have to recognize that once those things, when, but when we lose control and become controlled by those feelings, it then leads us into sin. So check your life. That's kind of the point. Are, the things that, are there things that are controlling you? That you shouldn't be controlled by or you shouldn't be brought under the power of. Maybe it's your emotions. Maybe your emotions control you. Emotions are good. Emotions have their place. Emotions help us sort of navigate certain things. But emotions, when you're under the control of them, is a, emotions are a horrible master. Horrible. 
Because one day you feel like this, the next day you feel like that. You, you, tomorrow you don't know how you're going to feel. Ten minutes ago you don't know why you felt that way. All of the emotions, get, when they control you, that's when it becomes bad. Maybe it's social media. Maybe you have been brought under the control of that. You couldn't stop it if you tried. You're under the control. Maybe it's food. You, you're, you're, you're constantly needing to fill some appetite, some desire, some thing. I asked Hannah today with my study, I'm like, is there a word for what you call it when you eat a carton of ice cream after you get dumped? And she's like, there's no word for that. She's just like, that's just kind of what you do. <laughs> but, you know, there's like, there's things that you turn to, that you go to when you're feeling some type of way. Right? Whether you're, 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 you're feeling emotional, you're feeling sad, you're feeling overwhelmed. And so what, here, here, here's, here's the question. Ready? Here's to boil it down. What do you turn to when life is out of control? What do you go to? Do you go to, I just need to distract myself. I need to go on social media. I need to go on YouTube. I just need to, I need, just need to think about something different. I just, need, I just need to eat. I just need ice cream. I just need to forget about it. I just need to sit down, tub of ice cream, and just not turn on Netflix and just be done with it. What do you turn to when life gets out of control? The line becomes when we be, get brought under the control of something. The second thing, and this is key, gluttony looks like consumption for satisfaction. I'll break this down, but gluttony looks like consumption, excessive consumption for satisfaction. In other words, it's an attempt to satisfy your life with what's right in front of you. It isn't so much what you're doing, but why you're doing it. It isn't that you're eating food, but that you're using food to mask a pain or a need. It isn't that you're scrolling on TikTok to laugh, but to remove yourself from your present reality. It's why people eat that carton of ice cream, or it's whatever it is. They're looking to mask or satisfy a need that wasn't met. Gluttony becomes sinful when we're attempting to mask a problem or fill a need with something that can never fill that need. The emptiness we tend to feel inside is designed for us to turn to Jesus. Jesus said this, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's key for us to understand. He says that is where you're going to find satisfaction. He says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be satisfied. We think that we, we're hungering after whether it's approval or, 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 or just feeling comfortable or feeling happy or feeling full or whatever it is. And we think that if we could have that thing, then I'll be satisfied. The Bible teaches and, and life proves that the only thing that can satisfy is relationship with Jesus. Life proves it. You look around at the world, at culture, at, 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 at people that are wealthy or famous or whatever it is, and apart from Jesus, it's empty. Apart from Jesus, it doesn't last. Apart from Jesus, it's just, it's just excessive consumption. I just need more. I just need more. I just need more. So how do we combat the sin of gluttony? The virtue that helps us combat is temperance, 
or self-control. That's what we're going to talk about. Temperance or self-control. Temperance is defined as moderation in action, thought, or feeling. To summarize, it's, to, it's essentially what we've already said to do. It's to not be under the control of other things, but to have control. And it is to look for satisfaction and contentment in Jesus. The way that we practice temperance or self-control is by not being brought under the control of other things and not looking to satisfy ourselves with things apart from Jesus. Some practical things that the Bible tells us to do in order to be able to do this is fasting and abstinence. Those are some words in the Bible that we would find on this idea. Fasting is when you go for a period of time without food in order to seek God with more focus. In fact, Jesus says, when you fast, do it like this. There's an assumption from Jesus that his followers are going to fast. And what happens, fasting allows you to starve your physical flesh so that you can learn to, be con- to learn not to be controlled by your bodily urges. That's basically, it's a, it's a discipline. It's going, I feel hunger. My stomach's growling. I need to eat. Your, your flesh is telling you something. Hey, buddy. It's like, it's like an alarm going off. Like, hey, you need to eat. And what you're doing is you're saying, I, I hear you, but I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to choose to focus on God. What it's teaching you is how to handle the impulses and the, 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 when, your, when your body is crying out. Because it's the same thing that causes you to lust or greed or act some kind of way. It's your flesh standing up. It's your flesh going, hey, you need to act like this. Hey, you need to, you need to write something mean on that post. That, that's not cool. Hey, you need, to, you need to text that person. You need to respond. They were saying bad stuff about you. Hey, you need to go scroll and look at that person's page. Hey, you need to go act like this. You, hey, buddy. And it's that alarm that's going off. And what fasting helps you do, go, I, I don't need to listen to that. I'm not, in, I, I'm not controlled by my impulses and my feelings and my emotions. And fasting, the practice of fasting helps you to do that. The other idea is abstinence. Abstinence is when you abstain from other things that can distract you from your relationship with God. Fasting is directly connected with food. Abstaining really can be applied to anything. You can abstain from your phone or social media. You can abstain from activities or habits. That can even be certain relationships. It's to remove something that distracts you from God and then replace it with something that causes you to seek God. I want to say that again. Abstaining is removing something that distracts you from your relationship with God. And then this is key, replacing it with something that helps you seek God. I think sometimes we just like, like, oh, I'm deleting social media off my phone. And then we busy our lives in a different way. Oh, I'm not going to eat. Why? So I'm just, like, irritated all day long. Like, I'm just a little bit hangry all day. That's good for your relationship with God. No, no, it's to replace it with something that helps you seek God. So one of the ways we, we combat the desire for excessive consumption is when we seek God 
and we do that, sometimes we, we make practice or discipline in our life to set aside certain things so that we can more intentionally and more intently focus on God. But when we do that, it's to re remove something so that we can replace it with something else. Worship team, you guys can come up here. I'm going to close. Um, right now, a few, a few guys and I were doing, uh, I've done it, Shane and I did it last year, but it's the 30-day shred in the Bible app. And basically, the goal is to read the whole Bible in 30 days. That's the goal. And so basically, we're reading about 40 chapters a day of the Bible. And it takes, it takes about two hours each day. Um, to read our 40 chapters. Um, so like this morning I woke up, I was finishing 2 Chronicles, um, and then I finished 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and 15 chapters of Job. Like today, that's, that's the goal. Now, um, that seems like it's overwhelming. It is. It, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. But the way, the way we do it is by we are using that and we're replacing our Bible app time with something else. I tell like anybody that's doing it is you can't continue your normal lifestyle and work this in to your life. You, something's got to go. So for me, I, this is so shameful to say, but it's YouTube. I, sp I can't, I, I'm so sorry. I spend too much time on YouTube. I, for a long time, I didn't have YouTube on my phone. Um, and then I put it on my phone and I am a sucker for YouTube recommended. Like, and do you know what's the worst part is I don't even click into the videos because I hate ads. Anybody else like this? So I just scroll and let the video start playing and read the subtitles. <laughs> and then I, it's horrible. It's so bad. Pray for me. Oh, my gosh. Excessive consumption. Um, but in order to, to add this new discipline in my life, it's got to replace something. Something's got to go. So I can be more focused so that I can hear and experience all that God wants in this season. In this, in it, we're, okay, we're going to try and accomplish this goal. And that's sort of how it, how it works when we're dealing with something like, something like excessive consumption. Because it's kind of hard to measure. Like it's hard to really, it's kind of hard to really identify. Because it's not like we can, we can look around the room and say like, oh, this person's dealing with this and, and that person or whatever. You can't. Um, but what it is is when we know deep down, like I am, I am under control. I am being controlled by things I should have control over. I find myself constantly reacting or, or or responding in a certain way because I'm controlled by this, or I'm acting in a certain, I'm doing a certain behavior because I feel like I can't help myself. It's excessive consumption, and so. We need the spirit of God to enable us, to empower us. And then we need practical things that will help, uh, help us combat those desires. As we conclude this series, I just kind of want to encourage us because it's been, it's been different. It's kind of, it's been um, pretty practical, right? We've been saying like, okay, this is bad, this is good. That's been kind of the series. Um, but at the end of the day, and all of this, why we're here, this is not like, I'm not starting a YouTube channel of how to, like, fight back these things that you're dealing with, how to have success in 30 days and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's not the point. The, 
The point is to help us grow in our relationship with God and to identify the sort of the, the maybe the strongholds or the footholds that grab a hold of our life and keep us from going where God wants to take us. And so if we can identify some of these things, probably for all of us, there was an aspect of all seven of these that were like, yep, that's me. Maybe some more than others, but whatever the case, our goal is to go, okay, these things kind of have got a grip on me. And it's keeping me, I know, from all the things that God wants to do. And at the end of the day, listen to me, listen carefully. We need the spirit of God in our life. We need to be filled with his empowering presence that helps us to walk with him, that helps us to serve him, that helps us to overcome whatever we're dealing with. We need people around us, listen to me, we need people around us that will encourage us and help us and uplift us and challenge us to go in the direction that God wants us to go. And then we need practical things in our life that will help us to go in the direction that God wants us to go. Can I encourage you, you need the spirit of God to fill you afresh. You need people in your life that will encourage you, that will challenge you, that will help you. And then you need, you need practical things like God's word, like prayer, like, like setting aside distractions or, or abstaining from something for, or fasting from something or, or, or focusing intently on God so that you can grow and that, like Paul says, all things are lawful, not all things are helpful, and I will not be brought under the control of anything. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your grace.